I was just thinking of something as a, as a bit of a follow-up to the other day when I was talking about commuting and, you know, the old days when you're in the office five days a week and you really think about how much volunteer hours you're giving, like the drive to work, the drive home from work, all the time it takes you to get to work and get home that you're not being paid for. But if it weren't for the fact that you had to get to the office, you wouldn't have to spend all that time in the car. And I'm, that's why I'm never going into the office again. Again, when I say never, never on a regular five-day-a-week basis. I won't, I won't explore any career opportunities that would have me in an office five days a week. No flexibility. <clears throat> Boston is the only place where I've had numerous uh, employers, potential employers, talking with recruiters, talking with hiring managers, talking about these opportunities. God damn, everywhere I go, there's a Captain Crunch on the floor. Can you get some of these Captain Crunch pieces in your mouth? I love my kids. I also love when all the food goes into their mouth and not on the floor for me to step on. And then Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is like the Lego of cereal. It's like the, it's like the only cereal that hurts to step on it. But it's the only cereal that hurts when you eat it, too. Slicing up your teeth with those with those crunch pillows. I think a generic version of Captain Crunch is actually called Crunch Pillows. I feel like somewhere, at some point, some grocery store, I bought the generic $2 version of Captain Crunch, and it was called Crunch Pillows. I'm positive. some Maybe Walmart? Or maybe those little... You know how in the store you have those... Uh, is it like Malto... Oh, excuse me. Malto Meal whatever the company is, and it's just those big, there's like dog food bags, but with cereal at the end, at the very end of the cereal aisle between the, it's usually right after the post cereal, which usually gets like pushed down to the corner, those cheapskates that the people at post are, uh, it's between the post cereal and like the toaster pastries, the pop tarts and things, big bags of very inexpensive cereal. I'm pretty sure Crunch Pillows is the name of one of them. Anyway, love to find those crunch, crunchy crunch berries all over the floor. Anyways, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, in Boston, I, always astonished me over the last six years that I've been here when I would hear somebody would reach out to me. Oh, hey, I got a great opportunity for this and that. Uh, you have to be on site five days a week. There's no remote at all. And I'd be like, what do you mean no remote at all? Like, what if I, so if I have a doctor's appointment at 11 a.m., what do I just uh, take the day off, come in, uh, come into work for an hour, and then leave to make sure I have two hours to get to the doctor's appointment? And then what? I'm supposed to come back after lunch and then drive home. So I've now made uh, two trips into Boston. Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't just take a laptop home and just work remote. And then check out for an hour and a half, two hours to go to the doctor. No, they really they no. It's there's no remote at all. You have to take a take a sick day or take the I'm like. What the fuck? What year are we living in? What's wrong with these people? And it really, I. It's just it's control, and that's what as shitty as this pandemic has been, and millions of people have died, and millions more have proven how stupid they are by not wanting to save themselves and save others. 
um, and we're just stuck on this rock with all these imbeciles. But we've also learned that, A, if you can take a laptop home, you can do the job at home. And, uh, and B, people are and, – and they want you back in that office all summer long. Uh, I left a place that was like, okay, guys, just before I left, they were announcing uh, next month people were going to start pulling you into the office. I made it clear I wasn't coming to the office and that they could fire me. Um, luckily, we never crossed that path. And luckily, I moved on to a company that uh, went the opposite direction and said, uh, you know what? Everybody in America can just work from home forever because you're good at your jobs and you don't need to be in an office. And thank you. As a result of that, just stay home forever. If you want to go to an office, go okay. You can go to an office. Otherwise, stay home forever. The current place I work says, if you want to come to the office five days a week, go for it. You want to come to the office one, two days a week, go for it. You want to stay home and work remote five days a week, do it. These are the companies that I will be working for for, for the rest of my life. I will not. And that's the other thing is like, do you understand I don't think people are smart enough to understand when they say, if you're, let's just say, a Boston-based company that says to its employees, you have to start coming into the office. You must be in the office. You're basically telling them, like, go ahead. And and I know there's some who are, like, totally cool with coming to the office. They don't mind. Uh, These people are called maniacs. Um, But I I think what's not really being grasped again using boston as an example because that's that's where my <laughs> the majority of my employment has been based out of for the last 6 years boston based companies working in boston and dorchester uh anyway and quincy even though there's no z it's pronounced quincy but you know, Massachusetts has the smartest people. They just don't know how to pronounce any of their own cities. Peabody. Another Captain Crunch? Anyway. Where was I? So let's just use a Boston-based company as an example. I don't think they're grasping what they're thinking. They still have because it's just an old-school place, and there's an old-school mentality. Got to be in the office. Pandemics, we're all vaccinated. Come into the office. I think what they are thinking in their minds is, oh, well, if you don't like it, go find one of the other companies in Boston to work for. But they're not grasping that if you don't like coming into the office in Boston, New York, Dallas, wherever you are located, you can go find a job, not in that town. I mean, sure, you can go try to find a job in that city. Great. But now so many of these companies are doing the remote thing. You can go work for a company that's based out of London, L.A., New York, Miami, Atlanta, Roanoke, Virginia. (laughs) Any place you want to, if if they're full remote, who gives a shit where you live? They obviously don't care. So the the Boston-based companies or or any – any of the local companies that are demanding people return to work who have proven over the last 18 months that they don't have to, uh, you're, uh, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're going to get some of those folks who want to be in the office, and that's great. 
you're going to get a lot of folks who have no interest in ever being in the office again, and they're just going to leave. And maybe they'll come to the office for whatever amount of time they have to until they find something new. But they're going to find something new because they don't just need to look in their local area anymore. And if they're looking outside of their local area, they don't have to move. For me, my career has been so very much about moving. New York, Florida, uh, uh, who cares? It's a, I had to move to take the job. I don't have to do that anymore. I'm, I'm now back with a local company. And there are people now being hired for projects at this very local company who are nowhere near this area. They are all over the place, as it should be. And there's some people who like to be in the office, and so they come to the office a couple days a week. There's some people who like to be in the office five days a week. Go for it. I think that's great. If you have a nice uh, office area and you want to get out of the house, maybe it's, it's a little much for you staying home, going stir crazy. Maybe it's too quiet. Maybe it's too lonely. Maybe it's, maybe it's the opposite of that. Maybe it's not quiet and lonely enough. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, I think it's cool. If you want to be in the office, be in the office. You want to be home, be home. Uh, but these, these knuckleheads... Who are sitting around talking about, uh, yeah, you got to come back into the office now. Why? Well, because we need the office camaraderie. You need to be together in the office. Why? We just learned that we literally don't need to do any of those things. Because we've been doing it for a year and a half. And everybody's cool. But you have to. Well, why? We need you in a conference room. Okay, but the team is in... uh, most of the team is in Pennsylvania. Well, yeah, but you need to be in the conference room in case somebody wants to come into the meeting. Well, who? You know, anybody. The people who are in, back in person. Okay. Just made me, it made me think, though, of like, at one place that I worked, there was a guy, he was the president of the whole firm. And he had the big, huge office that looked out over the, I kind of felt bad because I sat in a, you know, I sat at a desk like the rest of us and. Had a great view, great view of the Chinatown, Chinatown Gate. Uh, you know, it's just a nice, nice view of Boston. And this guy had a really nice, big, uh, big cushy office with a view of the trading floor, and nothing, no windows out onto the real world. So not like to me, it was like, wow, that's not, that's not a super desirable office. He's the number two guy at this entire company but the ceo is way up he's way up on the big floor with the big office looking out over everything and uh and with a nice uh, nice view of the city and you're the second second in command and you just look out over a bunch of people with bloomberg terminals that sounds fun so he but this guy would just come and he would walk to our side of the floor and he would just come over to the window, and it makes sense because he didn't have any windows. And he would just come and he would just stare out the window. He would just walk. My manager was at his desk, which was his desk overlooked the window. My desk was behind his, which faced the opposite direction, but I could just turn around and look out the window. Fine. My managing director 
would sit and, you know, working at his computer, working at his terminal. And then the president of the whole firm would just come and put his foot up on the ledge on the windowsill and just stare out the window. And then he'd walk over to another row and he would do the same thing. It's like, this guy's not, he's not, he doesn't give a shit about the window. He's making sure he's going around. He's making sure just like he can, he can look out over, over the sea of desks and Bloomberg terminals. He's, he wants to have his, his eyes on the people that he can't see 24 hours a day. So he's coming over to just quote, look out the window. Yeah. Oh, everybody's here. All these desks are filled with humans. And they're all clickety-clacking away on their keyboards, mouse clicks, and so forth. And that's what, that's what, the, that's what the big bosses hate because they can't be there to see what, you know, all the mouse clicks. And so they installed some of these poor bastards who get to work remote, have all, this, all these devices, all this equipment installed to monitor their, their every move. Yeah. People, people love to be in control. They love to control things when really, in reality, if you just leave somebody the fuck alone and they have a, a you know, half a brain and are semi-capable, they can just go and do their work. It's the craziest thing. Sort of like how kids in school are given homework and they come home and do their homework, even though the teacher's not there to stand over them at their desk and make sure they're doing it. They go home and they do it. In college, you can you can fuck around all over the place, and yeah, not every college is probably not always the best example. But people go off, and then they they come back and they they get shit done. All these people graduate from college every year; they're clearly able to do something without being supervised. And then you get into the real world, and it's uh, it's kind of like back to kindergarten. I'm very fortunate that I've never had that kind of, I've never, there's been a couple little times here and there where I've had just notorious micromanagement, scrutinizing every, every little thing. I mean, I had somebody who would, I'd put together a PowerPoint deck and he would literally zoom in to like 300% to make sure that the borders were exactly just all this stuff that's like, yo, if you can't see it with your naked eye, you can't see it. And nobody can see it. So you're just kind of being an asshole right now at this point. Um, but that was, that was his deal. Uh, <laughs> he worked for the same place that, uh, that over the summer uh, demanded that the, that the workers return, the worker bees return to the hive. No real surprises there. Anyway, uh, yeah, Alec Baldwin, that's a friggin' nightmare situation. That's awful. Uh, by the way, <laughs> New York Times, Alec Baldwin fatally shoots crew member on Rust set. Could we... Uh, okay, Wall Street Journal, Al- Alec Baldwin fired prop gun on film set, killing crew member... That's the actual headline. When you leave out key pieces of information and knuckleheads read a headline, most people, I see a headline that says Alec Baldwin fatally shoots crew member. Okay. I just assume, oh, wow, something really, some horrible accident happened. 
there's a lot of people though, and Alec Baldwin is, uh, you know, he's not loved by, <laughs> especially by a certain uh, population in this country, um, for his whatever reason, political views and stuff. He doesn't seem like the nicest guy on the planet. Uh, I still remember those voicemails that came out that he left to his own daughter. What was he calling? It? Was it uh, was it Ireland? Just calling calling her a pig, and st- I mean just talking to a child that way. And clearly, you know they've they've moved on and they have a, I think a good relationship. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the fact of the matter is, like this is just this is a guy who uh, a horrific accident happened, and he using a prop gun killed. Not intentionally, obviously, killed the cinematographer on this movie that he's doing, and shot the director, uh, who's alive but in the hospital. And these headline these headlines make it look like Alec Baldwin shoots up movie set, murders. You know, so I appreciate the Wall Street Journal, who's not exactly, you know, none of these things are particularly partisan, but just at least. At least in the headline, just say something about prop gun so that it's not <laughs> Alec Baldwin shoots and kills director, shoots and kills cinematographer. Well, it's technically not false, but there's some other pieces. There's just some other words that could help clarify exactly what happened to some of the knuckleheads out there who are going to pounce all over this. Um, that's awful. And what is crazy to me In 1993, Brandon Lee famously, infamously, was killed on the movie set filming The Crow. Bruce Lee's son, Brandon, making a movie called The Crow. He died because there was a prop gun that was, you know, I don't know, something was stuck in it. Either way, he was shot and killed on the movie set during a scene with a gun. And in 1993... When I was, when he died and I was, what, 12, 13 years old. And I said, that's ridiculous. How, (laughs) I remember thinking back then, when I was a kid, how is a prop gun, actually a prop gun, if it can shoot and kill somebody? I don't think either people don't understand what prop means, or they need to go back and figure out how to make prop guns that are, in fact, just props. Like, if <laughs> if the headline is uh, somebody was shot and killed with a prop gun, no, they very much were not. That was not a prop gun then. It no longer <laughs> it goes from being a prop gun to a very real uh, murder weapon when somebody is, in fact, killed with it. And I didn't understand in 1993 how this could happen. In this day and age, in 1993, how the hell is somebody able to be shot and killed accidentally on a movie set with a gun that's supposed to be a prop fast forward almost 20 years later how the fuck is this able to happen in 2021 and i know there's people like to be authentic and they like to this and it's a western movie and there it's ironically i think the movie is about uh alec baldwin plays a dad whose son is killed shot and killed and uh i think it's i think the message is you know pretty a pretty anti-gun anti-violence kind of thing 
So the irony is not lost that this horrible tragedy happened on the set of a movie that's trying to trying to make a statement about gun violence. I believe. I believe that's what the movie. But maybe it's not. I don't know. That, that could just be hearsay. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Somebody was shot and killed on a movie set with what was supposed to have been a prop gun. It's not a prop gun if it shoots and kills somebody. So what the fuck? In the day and age where people use CG uh, to, to, to generate a kid pouring a bowl of cereal because everything is so goddamn fake and artificial in these movies, uh, how, how the hell does this happen? How are people not just like, you know, pointing their little finger and thumb and going pew, 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 and then having that, <laughs> having that turned into a, a real slick-looking uh, pistol in, in post-production? I don't get it. Oh, it's, everything has to be authentic. But my other thing is like at this point, Hasn't every possible movie been made? I mean, how many westerns are there? How many mafia movies, gangster movies, police movies, futuristic action-adventure movies, any kind of movie that has any kind of gun and weapon you could possibly think of, that you could possibly think of, has been made? So I would think that there would be warehouses not just in Hollywood, not just in California, but all over the place. I would think that every state, because movies are filmed in all, not just L.A., not just Hollywood, especially Westerns are filmed in New Mexico and Wyoming and Arizona and Colorado. I would think that there would be garages, storage lockers, airplane hangers just filled with old props of any kind of gun, any kind of costume anything you could possibly think of hasn't it already been made and so i didn't get it in 1993 how something a mistake like this could happen and i really really don't get it in 2021 and now this poor woman is dead uh her name uh helena helena hutchins was a cinematographer. She had worked on a bunch of different movies. You know, she was fairly, I think, fairly well-known and, and uh, respected. Uh, the shooting at Bonanza Creek Ranch in Santa Fe County happened in the middle of a scene that was either being rehearsed or filmed. And, yeah, so now this, this Helena Hutchins is dead. Joel Souza, the director, was injured. And Alec Baldwin has to go through the rest of his life with that hanging over him forever. And I know some are saying, oh, boo-hoo. But still, like, Alec, whatever you think of Alec Baldwin and the things that, you know, he's, we know about him publicly uh, being, a, yeah, he's a temperamental guy. He had not so nice things to say about his kid. I'm not a particularly huge fan of Alec Baldwin, the person, which really just comes from, that stems from the way that he talked to his daughter in that phone recording. That was atrocious. That was really, like, no matter what your kid does, to talk to a kid like that, to talk to your own child like that. And it's not like she was an adult. She was a kid. And leave a voicemail. So cruel. Yeah, you know, I kind of, I was kind of off the, 
I don't know if I was ever on the bandwagon, but he's he's done amazing work. I mean, uh, man, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Thirty Rock, Beetlejuice. There's so many things, countless things that he's in that are that are wonderful. Um, but it doesn't matter. Whatever he's done in the past, whatever he, he's still a guy who now has to go through the rest of his life having shot and killed. It's got to be bad enough. You know, if you get into a, a you know a car accident or some just some horrible accident happens, where you kill somebody accidentally, it's not criminal. You're not charged for it, or you know whatever the case may be, and you have to go through the rest of your life knowing that you killed somebody. Like he killed a person yesterday. That's not like oh I forgot to pay my <laughs> I forgot to pay last month's mortgage and now I'm going to get a fee. And I gotta I gotta pay double this month. Oh, I wish I could just go back. I I can't believe I went on vacation and I forgot to pay the mortgage. Those are just like little things that oh it's oh if only I could just go back yesterday. I forgot to fill out this thing and it was due and oh man shoot and I missed the cutoff or whatever. There's just little bullshit things, and that's a whole bunch of nothing. This guy killed a person. Can't take that back. He's gonna live forever. Knowing that he shot and killed someone, he's going to be haunted by those nightmares forever, and that sucks. What sucks way more than that is this poor woman. Uh, I don't know anything about her personally. I don't know if she has kids. She certainly. Everybody has parents. Everybody's related to somebody, so she's got people out there, friends, family, whatnot, who are never going to see her again. Uh, that's the worst of it all, uh, you know, but it's, it's just, it's terrible. There's no real, like, I don't know. There's no real cute sort of clever, fun way to make it into a joke because somebody who just died in a murder set, not a murder set on a move. Well, it is a murder set on a movie set. That's, that's awful, man. And it's so fucking Stupid because it's completely prevent. There's just these knucklehead things. What the fuck? How is this even possible to happen? This should have been a non-story because it should have been this the scene, and Alec Baldwin picks up a rifle or something, and it's a fucking fake thing that you'd get at Spirit Halloween. You ever go to Spirit Halloween? They have a bunch of weapons and guns and things. They look pretty good. You could, you could, you know, you could paint them up a little bit. Like there's, you don't have to spend a fortune getting fake guns. They're pretty easy to come by. Go to a Halloween store. Open up one of the multitude of lockers, like I said, that probably have piles and piles of old Hollywood prop guns. It makes no sense how this is even remotely possible to happen. That's the fucking tragedy of it. You know, so now this woman's dead. Baldwin has to live with this for the rest of his life. That's going to fuck. That'll fuck up anybody, no matter what. I mean, other than true uh, psychopaths who are, you know, cr- criminals and, and you know, these these sort of remorseless, uh, you know, killers, serial killer type. Okay, those guys, let's not factor in crazy people, uh, psychopaths. But, uh, you know... Whatever you want to say about Baldwin or think about him or his, you know, previous sort of issues and things, that's, you know, that's just a guy. He's a person, and he's he has to live with a <laughs> he has to live with the shooting and killing a, a colleague. 
for the rest of his life. That will fuck him up forever, and that's that's horrible. That's awful. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't wish that on anybody. And 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 bigger than that, and and more tragically, is is yeah, this woman's dead, and you can't get a fucking fake. You they CG everything. Every movie that's made is done in a giant warehouse with a green screen. It all looks terrible. No matter how good it looks, it's it all looks terrible because it's so fake. And you say they couldn't just put like a a seat, you know, just a toy from the Halloween store, just something that looks really authentic. It's like everything has. Oh, we were going through for real authenticity. Yeah, not that authentic that you bring a real gun onto the set. It's like I said. It's not a, if it can actually shoot and kill somebody. It's no longer a prop. Stupid. Oh shit! I gotta go. Uh, yeah. So that's crazy. That's just so sad. Um, just uh, yeah, and so unnecessary. So totally, totally unnecessary. Uh, lighter news. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers win, so they get to they get to stay alive for another day. I, you know, again, I really hope it's Dodgers, Red Sox, not looking good for the Sox. They lost the last two. The momentum is certainly in Houston's favor, and now they go back to Houston for tonight's game six, and then if Boston somehow pulls it off, then we got ourselves got ourselves a little game seven uh, also in Houston, which I think would be on Sunday if that takes place. Or no, Saturday. It'll be Saturday. I think if they have a Game 7, it'll be Saturday. Either way, like I said, you've got Sunday, you have Bruins, Celtics, Patriots. Friday, you have Red Sox. A rare a rare weekend where all of the, the Boston sports teams are playing. And no, I don't give a shit about the revolution. I don't. Soccer's not real. <laughs> uh, anyways... That's it for now. Uh, Talk to you later.